we put like a pop-up class in kids from our pop-up class next to our CrossFit in like a warehouse space that was unused. And we started with 25. This is very entrepreneur. Like, yeah, there was nothing. Um, We started with 25 kids based off an email that we just cold emailed people. And there was no running water. There was no bathrooms. There was no HVAC. Mm. Um, it would not pass any inspection in uh, any country. Serious. The liability so electrical. How old are these kids? Oh, two. Hey, hey, here's your marketing. Hey, bring your kid to this abandoned warehouse in the That's back. That's basically what it yeah. was. When you see the van with no windows, just come on inside. I mean, you park by a dumpster. Parents stay out. Parents, parents, you'd leave. You, you park by a dumpster and you walked up a service ramp. Yeah, wow. it was back of the warehouse, back, so you, we yeah. didn't get the front again. Just uh, to orient us, what year are we talking here now? It's got to be Magnus and Kill Me, 14, 15? like 15, 16. Okay, because our so we met, seven years ago, 16, we met 17. at 16. I had just gotten done so playing, 15, probably. We and and I remember you showed me some videos of this, yeah, and like it was rough. They had to put you know those gymnastics mats that like fold up or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. like they had to put those up around up against the walls to keep solid bricks so the kids would run into themselves the wall. exposed metal. <laughs> We weren't, didn't drink beer either, so we weren't allowed to say crap. We weren't allowed to say dude. Anything. It was oh. a preach. My dad was a preacher. So. Was he? Yeah, my grandfather yeah. was. My, my I said that sucks one time, and he. Oh my yeah. Mom. My mom yeah. was like that. My Don't dad. You? Don't care. He. That's my name. I. Did, I thought my name was motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Get your motherfucking ass over here, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So you talked to your dad like that? So it didn't ruin you, so I could probably get away with it. Yeah. If I if I said yeah, but. Fart, yeah, sucks, yeah. stupid. I yeah. got, yeah. I got closed-handed face banks mm-hmm. when I was face banks. Face banks. <laughs> Hannah got trouble day for it. He was on a booby kick. Face bank. Closed-handed face banks. That sounds like a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little That's a punch. <laughs> yeah. What did your dad call you, Darren? Huh? What did your dad call you? Why? Why do you want to say it again? You want me to keep on saying it? Uh, All right, here we go. So, welcome to the One Shot Podcast. And if you have been following this show since Darren has been on sabbatical, um, <laughs> you will know that we've got, we've got three, three types of episodes, right? We've got a guest episode, we've got a wellness episode, and then we've got our roundtable that we'll talk about a book, current topic. Today, we're going to merge all three of those really oh, wow. into one. Mm-hmm. Because we do have a very special guest with us that, you know, again, we're going to hear his story. It's incredible what, what he and his wife, what they have built um, with a company called KidStrong, which we're going to get into. But also, we've been talking a lot about wellness and fitness. And one thing that we have not talked about is the importance of activity and fitness in children. We haven't specifically, we've talked about, okay, hey, the, the benefits of pursuing your own fitness journey, how it bleeds over into your kids, but specifically, how do we address that? So we're going to talk about that. And then Roundtable. We just finished a book called The Coddling of the American Mind and talking about how kids this generation um, are, are being groomed for destruction. Mm. And the business that we're about to talk about with our guest 
is combating that head on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without further ado, good I'm friend. Ta- I'm going to take you everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good intro. I was like, Walmart. Yeah. Tyler going. <laughs> <Just> go <ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Tyler does our intros. They're all that magnificent. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> Boy, what the <laughs> hell has happened with hey, you? Hey, you could pass out compliments? <laughs> I know. To me, to you, especially. Of all yeah, people, yes. We've today. gotten really close since you've. Uh, uh, I know, since I walked. Evidently. Since evidently. Since the guy who cusses a lot, huh? There's not. But anyways, <laughs> our guest, without further ado, is Matt Sharp, uh, former police officer, former That's what I'm excited technology, to talk about. Yeah. president of a technology company, uh, former CrossFit gym owner, former entrepreneur, which again, he has a distinct pleasure of being a entrepreneur. He won an award for an entrepreneurship uh, competition mm. in Frisco, uh, Code Authority, which mm-hmm. is... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Really, really big deal up in, in the North Dallas area. And then owner, founder of Kid Strong. Yeah. Matt, welcome. Appreciate it. It's long overdue, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, this has been long overdue, Matt. We, I mean, this we had to get all the wrinkles, all the kinks out before we... Want to make sure the business succeeded. <laughs> got over the hump. <laughs> curse me. True. Like the Wheaties curse. You got a, you got a point there, yes. Yeah. You got a point. So welcome, man. So why don't we do this? Let's let's go back to the beginning so that we can have our our uh, audience get to know you a little bit, where you came from, um, you know, your journey to to the Dallas area, um, and and what you're doing, really kind of taking over the country mm-hmm. and shaping kids on a on a massive level. How far back are we going? Go we, back all the yeah. way back. So right. if we could spend if we could spend at least thirty minutes on each year of your life, that would be <laughs> that would be ideal. So hey, get comfortable, get comfortable, everyone. Uh, born and raised in Arkansas. Uh, dad worked in a aluminum production facility, Alcoa, mm-hmm. very like blue collar. Uh, got called. He got called to ministry. Eighteen years into his job, he quit his job, went back to school. Huh. And we moved the whole family to Louisville. So, like, late 30s, school. he did that. Mm-hmm. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Which is not something a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Especially not back then. Uh, we moved to Louisville. Uh, lived there for four years while he finished school. My mom went back to work, helped put him through school. And then we ended up moving to southeastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. which is not Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, Thick Appalachian area. Uh, and then I was there from 11 through end of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved around some there, but <clears throat> grew up in mountain town, small schools, uh, played football in high school. We won a state championship. Um, eight, it's very frightening. Eight lights man. Where we were yeah, from. Eight man. Eight man football. Just asking. I'm just asking. It was not that. eight man. Dang, don't look at me. Don't look at Matt. That's friends? a that's I'm a Texas asking. thing. Yeah. What they, do, what they do in Kentucky is they have one school for every 100 square miles, <laughs> and you spend an hour and a half on the bus. There's no eight man. One school serves serves 13 counties. So. Yes. Uh, that kind of got me started on the entrepreneurial journey because I was doing stuff in high school on the side and. What was your hustle? Know. What was your hustle in high school? Art. Art. Mm. Murals. Oh. On the walls? Yep. Or, okay. Do you like graffiti? For, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the technical term. <laughs> no. We're going to get technical. That's <laughs> what the I mean, police call it. I didn't exactly get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I do, I do uh, murals for businesses, mm. um, stuff for cars, and I don't know. It was just 
it was very educational to me that you could do something and somebody would pay you. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that you could set that up. Interesting. So that like there was a little splinter in my mind about I can do something for somebody, help somebody, and then I'll get paid. for. What, so, what was money like to you though when you first your first oh, time oof. you received? And was it cash or was it a check? No, it was always cash. Yeah. Uh, Ten dollars an hour would be like excessive, probably. Uh-huh. But when you're that age, you know, high school. Yeah. So like a uh, an out night at high school was probably like seven dollar seven dollars total spend. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You have gas, you have Taco Bell, and uh-huh. a movie. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. And they had the fifty cent menu. I don't know yeah. how old you guys are. Yeah, put some cheese. Get like three or four things. Uh-huh. You're in like two bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've I have put I've been in a car where we put a dollar probably sixty in of gas in the tank. Wow, yeah. oh, I've been there. It bro. all changed. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I've been there. It all changed. I've been there. Hey, what do you guys got in your pockets? Yeah, <laughs> digging through that. Yeah, the and, coin and you're tray. trying to like time it up. How, mm-hmm. yeah. how old are you? Yes. That was back when you would pump first before you paid, and oh, then yeah. you'd go in and pay. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I've Wait. been there thirty five cents. <laughs> Oh, in the yeah. gas tank, like yeah. man, hope that I just, just I'm just trying a to get couple more miles. I'm just trying yeah. to get half there. a gallon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get about uh, nine miles. Get home. Lived in trailer high through high school, and then played college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a degree. Got one. Got an undergraduate degree in criminal justice. Uh, then went to graduate school. Got a master's degree in criminal justice and a master's degree or wow. undergraduate degree in police administration. Okay, and was playing football. Taught college, and then that kind of got me into law enforcement. Mm. Okay, so we, we breezed we over a lot right there. Yeah. Uh, so siblings, your no house, siblings, no, only, only child. child. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would if you do I, it right. I could have guessed that about you for sure. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not the only one taking shots, brother. I'm yeah. sorry for bringing you on, and everybody's taking yeah. shots at you, Matt. Oh. But yeah. Here okay, so yeah. fair game. Welcome to the locker. It's like he's there. Turn, cut everything off. Okay, yeah. so can't all right. do that twice. So your father was pastoring. Was uh, a got called to ministry. Yes. Okay. Uh, was, so was he pastoring or was he? No, he was a okay. pastor. Okay. Went back to school to become a pastor. Went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, uh-huh. Washtenaw Baptist in mm-hmm. Arkansas. Okay, uh-huh. um, and he did that probably through I was in the seventh or eighth grade. Uh-huh. Um, and then went and worked at a boy's home. Okay. But I think mm-hmm. probably one of the most, like, shaping things for me was that, pr- like, close to 40, he quit his job mm-hmm. and yeah. went back to school. Yeah. Which is not, if you think, like, 30 years ago, no one did that. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. It's probably kind of crazy now, but, like, no one was doing that. Back so then. was your mom carrying the family? You said she went and she She went back to job. work. When yeah. he went back to school, she went back to work. And she basically helped him get through graduate school, and then they traded places, mm, mm-hmm. and then he worked while she finished school. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. What's wild about that is whether you're religious or not, to be that convicted at 40 years old, to step away from stability, to follow, mm. as you said, he was and called. And his dad to it. worked there, so this is like multi generations working at the same plant. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. But Every, think, I'm sure everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But th- think about that, right? So we. And especially in this generation, we're so consumed with like comfort and making mm-hmm. sure our family's taken care of. And, and your dad felt led to do something that he thought, at, you know, obviously, and, and was significant, right? It was something that he had to take his family. And we think, okay, I'm hey, sure everyone thought he was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he left a, probably a, a steady income yeah. and, and then went and took a chance and, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, I'm well, saying Imagine this going like, back to school at 40. 
Right. Yeah. Who are you in class with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, the hero. They think, the, like, they think you're crazy, too. Yeah. Exactly. But the hero in all this is your mom. Yeah. She bought into this. She yeah. did. She did. And, and they, they basically had to have, like, a partnership to even get through that phase. Mm. Well, ships passing in the night. Because yeah, he's got the excitement of, this is something I'm pursuing, I'm passionate about. Oh, yeah. She's got to sit there as a bystander and think, oh, yeah. oh man, what it's, am I going to do? It was a... It, it, I don't think it like I really realized how much it affected you get older and because when I was I was 10 years into the police department when I quit yeah and no yeah. one does that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but I think it you know there's probably some of that that I'd went through that when I was younger that right. kind of affected me so you went to school for well also played football so played talk football. us through kind of that journey going from you know a state championship high school team in a small town mm-hmm. to college football and what school Eastern Kentucky University. Eastern Kentucky, that's right. I went to Kentucky mm. State for two years and then went to Eastern Kentucky. This is before you could transfer and still mm. play. I yeah. had to sit out a year to transfer. Yeah. These kids these days. <laughs> transfer portal. They're paid to transfer. What position Gosh. did you play? Receiver. Wait, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to lock your ass back. Yeah. That's the reason why we're always together, yeah. Max. Yeah. I'm in your damn pockets you all the time, bro. You would have been there. I'm in your sure. pockets all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I, 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 College football is more of a vocation probably than high school was because I didn't. In high school, there's a small group of guys that can like in impact like the entire season. Mm, yeah. In college, it was more of like a business. Yeah, play you know? your role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had some you know okay coaches. There wasn't a lot of mentorship. It was a little more of a business. Um, so right. I focused on school. More. So did you have dreams of of going to the next level? I think I probably could have had a shot if I had a better mindset in college. Hmm. What was your mindset in college? I just, if you don't play enough, you're upset. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> you that know? guy. But I appreciate I, but, you saying well, that and not saying, if I had a better coach, coach if my yeah. coach didn't no, hit it's me. all me. Or, man, I blew out my knee. I was no. waiting for I think it's a lot of That's me. That, that, that's my story. Yeah. I looked right at you when yeah. I said it. That's what I sure it was. Uh, I think a lot of it's just mindset, you know, like if you have a certain amount of like raw talent, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, does somebody want you on their team? Yeah. Like, are you going to be a net positive to the team? Right. So ego gets in a lot of ego gets in the way a lot. I probably oh, yeah. had too much ego back then. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. That's wisdom recognizing that. Um, all right. So, but you went into criminal justice right off the mm-hmm. bat. So it sounded like early on you decided, Hey, law enforcement's where I want to go. So walk us clo- through why. Yeah. It was like the closest thing to team sports I could find. Okay. And I mm-hmm. wanted to do something that was kind of action packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the thought of like investigations and, you know, car chases and foot pursuits and all that stuff. So Went to school for that, taught college a little bit while I was going through school, and then got on a police department in Kentucky mm-hmm. and was there for 10 years, did seven as an investigator, and three of that at the DEA, DEA mm-hmm. task force. I got to do lots and lots of cool things. Yeah. Um, but at 10 years, in a job like that, there's this, like, inflection point of you just look around and you're like, do I want to stay here another 10? Right. Are people that stay, are they happy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of divorces, a lot yeah. of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not like, I think one of the things with, with the government work was like they don't have to produce anything and they can't go out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
you could be a very high performer and somebody else could be a very low performer and you literally are just paid on how long you've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like yeah. sports. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. I never thought about or that. Or a company. Yeah. And that incentive system doesn't deliver as many doesn't deliver as much results so yeah. were you feeling this were you feeling that you there was more to life i mean you, oh yeah this is so you're feeling and where was megan in this yeah, yeah. we weren't married yet i was i was out of the police department before we got married oh you were okay, okay. yeah so you, she didn't when experience. did y'all meet though we met we, we were friends for a few years uh when i was still in policing okay uh but i was out uh, when she made the move I'm oh, just messing with she I'm just messing. <laughs> She's not here. I think, I think you're the only one that made the first move on, your, on our wives here. Yeah. I'm the only one that has game. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Y'all hey, are scared. If yeah. you got like, game, it comes got to game. you. game. <laughs> no, just you saying. got game. Just saying. No, you yeah. guys fell out. No, I've got zero game. I'll, I won't, yeah. I'll admit that. Thank you. <laughs> so, hey, Ben, you, maybe you want to grab dinner sometime? Uh, uh, I don't know. If that's what uh, you want, uh, well, sure. Uh, I'm just here. Let me check with my parents. Yeah, that's almost play yeah. by but play. Come, I mean, let's let's be honest. You two, yeah. your little side discussions <laughs> here. Uh, so what was it? When, let's go back we, to Megan because I want. Yeah, we met. This. We met at CrossFit. So I, me and a business partner own a CrossFit in Kentucky. Okay, let, CrossFit uh, Maximus. Sorry, let me go back. Yeah. So police officer. Yeah. You decided you didn't want to. So when I was there. I had just had the entrepreneurial bug. I was working on some, getting some patents on some police products. And, you know, sometimes just people get put in your life that just help you, like, mm-hmm. find new direction. Um, was, I was getting ready to open a CrossFit, had gotten the entrepreneurial bug, found CrossFit super early. This is before anybody. Mm-hmm. This is when it was just, like, crazy people. What, what year are we talking here? Oh, eight. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Early. First, yep. Yeah. When it was just – the crazy yeah. people. Oh, that, that, yeah. that, we tell that story. I, one guy I know, he was one of the early adopters. Yeah. He would s- do squats, and then he'd go run a 400-meter yeah. sprint. And I thought these, that was the wildest not, thing I've ever seen. This was not normal back no. then. Yeah. No. Um, but I, I fell in love with it and decided to go open one. And um, was getting ready to open one. And then met a, a guy, Lincoln Brown, who's a business partner. Still a partner. Still yeah. a partner. And best friend. And um, he was helping one that was getting ready to go under i was getting ready to open one and then just somebody who knew both of us connected us mm. and lincoln's hyper entrepreneurial yeah. uh business background and i was always entrepreneurial but i never had like this like somebody to push me or just that mm-hmm. didn't think i was crazy because if you're really entrepreneurial and you work in like a blue collar world everyone thinks you're crazy yeah mm. so you end up like the madness of the crowd especially here. Uh, you know, in a sector that, like you said, encourages complacency. Yeah. Right. Like, well, what are you doing? Like, slow down, like relax. Like, or you're just going to go hard and retire. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like you make more. It's not yeah. like you're building something. Did you say your plan was to be, stay a cop and do the CrossFit gym or were you well, leaving? I, we started the CrossFit while I was still, I was at the DEA then uh, when we basically combined and helped start one mm-hmm. or, or, refurbish one and we grew it to really big uh 600 plus members Dang. wow mm-hmm. but we, we were the we, i think we we're probably one of the first that like put rails on a on a crossfit because a lot mm-hmm. of times they're just very mom and pop off right. rails yeah <laughs> so we put like some really basic business stuff around it and just during that process just fell in love with like building something because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was like something that was doing poorly and then you like 
do an analysis on it and you're like, let's put a plan together and then it does well. And it's just like, this is kind of cool. Right. How, how did you know to, to have the, like the plan? Did you, was it natural for you? Were you a big studier? How did you know um, what path to pursue? I think some of us just, most people know, well, you kind of start to know what good looks like. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, if you don't see it, then you just say something. And eventually you're like, if I, if I was in charge, hmm. yeah. we would so change all this yeah. stuff. And if you can get a couple of people like that and the instincts right, you know, you start to steer things in the right direction. But a lot of it's just raw, just let's try this. That doesn't yeah. work. No, let's try this. <laughs> um, but one of the things that CrossFit suffered from was it was just very, back then, it was very like mom and pop. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, I like like branding and logos and really clear themes. So it's like, let's get some like colors that match. Mm-hmm. Let's get like a font. Let's make a new logo. And when all that stuff started to happen, I think people just – they respect brands that do that a lot more mm-hmm. and that plus some basic business. And they had a really good core team there too. Right. It's just poorly ran. Yeah. Know. How much does CrossFit HQ at the time, how much were they involved? None. None. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still not. Involved. You were just basically doing the methodology of CrossFit. It's a licensing agreement. If you guys are familiar with that, but it's basically like you get the name. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, like, when we when Kidstrom started to take off, we went down the franchising path. You just have so much more control. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it was just cool to see it, and it was really early in the concept. <laughs> so CrossFit was kind of a startup e back then, and then you have like these startups growing out of the startup, mm-hmm. and it was just very. We always talk about like it's the it's the pirates to the navy. Yeah. It was very pirates back then. Uh-huh. And I, you was, know, I, I'm curious to know about the transition though, because you know yeah. you're a cop for ten years, right? So I quit that to go work at a tech company. So you, uh, which doesn't okay, make any okay, sense. Okay, so it wasn't from yeah. being a cop to CrossFit. No, because yeah. CrossFits don't make a lot of money, guys. Okay, just bear with us. We got a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goodness, <laughs> there's a lot of layers. Okay. To the, the so, so we did mad. that. We did that together. No, we became really good friends. Okay, so you're a cop, and then you go to a tech company, correct? But I'll he's get building, the, but he's building cross. So we, we build a, me and me and Lincoln get together and basically build this business together. Right. So Lincoln was in charge of um, it's like a development fund or a development company who would look for concepts and then uh-huh. try to like spin them up. So we just really enjoyed working together on that. Right. And then he started a company that eventually was called Cosley in which you, we created these online games that mm. donate to charity. Mm-hmm. So you could build a school in the game. This is when Farmville was yeah. really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could build a, game, build a school in the game, and then we actually build a school on the ground in Haiti, mm-hmm. like through the money. Huh. Okay. So we were featured on uh, Ellen, Justin Bieber, before he was like oh, peeing wow. in garbage cans and stuff. <laughs> it was like a thing, and I was consulting on that mm-hmm. while being a cop, and I just – I just wanted to do that. Right. I was really pulled to that. But I also, at 10 years in, you kind of have to do this, like, self, self-assessment of, like, mm-hmm. what are the next 10 going to look like? Right. And I had already done all the stuff you see on TV. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten all that stuff out of my system. It's cool. And then it's, like, it's it not as score. cool. So yeah. did you feel like you – and I'm curious because of the transitions. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us in our lives have, have to make different transitions. Yeah. Some of us won't make it. Some of us don't make the transition because they're f- yeah. afraid of what's next to come. So, uh, what it my, was very my, scary. So, was did you have what was the the last day? Give me the last day on the job. It was pretty mm-hmm. funny because well, I can tell you that I can tell you the day that made me want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, 
<clears throat> I was part of robbery, robbery homicide back in that day. And you just see, like, lots of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can see, like, if you go through that for 20 years, you can understand, like, the drinking and yeah. Yeah. the divorces. And if you have this adrenaline dump for 10 hours and you go home, you don't want to talk to your yeah. wife or kids. Yeah. And just the toll it takes. So the last thing I worked was there was a girl who was 18 who snuck into her stepfather's apartment and killed herself on his couch. He worked third shift, and he came home and found her. Mm. And I had seen, like, hundreds of those mm. at that point. And you that just start to realize, like, like, it's probably not good to be looking at this stuff right. or dealing with this stuff all the time. Yeah. All you deal with is, like, the bottom 5% of people yeah. and then the bottom 5% of, like, bad things that mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, they don't call you and be like, hey, we're having a party. <laughs> you guys want to come over and hang out? Yeah. It's like somebody is getting beat up or like oh, yeah. somebody stole something um so there was like i could see like the toll that was going to take mm-hmm. probably on my life and i saw the toll it took on a lot of guys i work with right and there's some really awesome smart guys that do that but and i'm sure it's like professional sports you just at some point you like you form that as your identity mm-hmm. and you don't think you can do anything else right yeah. mm-hmm. or if you give that up then i'm nobody mm-hmm. and i just i never want to get got i never want to get to the point where if I'm not a police officer, like, I don't know who I am. Right. Because mm-hmm. I identify as a football player all through college. Right. What do you do? You play football. Like, mm-hmm. they'd ask your name, and you'd be like, well, but I play football. Right. Right. And then it was policing. It just, I think it gets into dangerous territory if that becomes, like, your identity. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but I was pulled heavily to entrepreneurship stuff. Okay. I so love building stuff. Retirement in um, law enforcement. 20 years. You got to get to 20. So that's why you keep mentioning yeah. 20. So at that point, it's like, all right. You leave a lot of money on the table if you leave early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you see, yeah, that horrible incident and you're like, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. I've got this opportunity. That's what I want to be all about. Well, I wasn't even, I had it. I kind of like talked them into taking me. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Please. Well, nobody like, no one says like, let's go to the police department. And start recruiting yeah, for the job fair for the tech company. Um, That's a good point. But I, I had consulted, and there's just like, there's just a different mentality around like startups, especially if you get like good people involved. And it's like, let's build this thing. There are no rules. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to make this thing work. And policing is just very different. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. investigations were kind of like that because something would happen, and there was really kind of, no, you just have to figure out what happened. Yeah. Right? And I love that part. I just hated working for the government. Yeah. I love the work. I just hated working for the government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so there's a leap there so that you don't just get more yeah. where you can't leap. But all in the background, still building the CrossFit gym. The CrossFit gym was being built in, yeah, okay. in the background. Okay. Yeah. So but that was my first like experience of building a business. Got it. Everything before mm-hmm. that was just like make something, sell it. Or do some service and sell yeah. it. But it wasn't like a business. Right, yeah. right. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing. No clue. So no. you go over to Cosley. How many people were with the company at this point? Less than 10. Less maybe than, okay. five. Okay. Yeah. So walk us through that that journey there. That was very messy. There were lots of ups and downs there. Um, we ended up coming up with a concept that took off called Sweat Angels. Yep. Where we worked yep. with lots of... Mm-hmm. Businesses for check-ins. I was found out one of those. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I think, the way we got, got connected. connected through Zan. Yeah. Because I, that TV show I did was sponsored by Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. And we worked using, with a lot of Orange They were Theory. using Sweat Angels. Mm. Yeah. So there was lots of ups and downs. Um, 
was very messy, some great successes. Um, and then we got a, well, Kidstrong was formed in there somewhere, yeah. but yep. um, that tech company went through several evolutions. Okay. Just as startups do. Okay. Yeah. So um, all in that time, you meet Megan, mm -hmm. who... She meets me. She yeah. met you. That approached you. She's not asked here. Asked you on a date. <laughs> she can't defend herself. Yeah. She can't tell the real story. She's like coming through the camera. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you met her at the gym. Met her at the gym. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, we were friends for a few years before. Okay. okay. So that really helped. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Then you don't have to talk. I don't so think much she would have asked. Oh, she's yeah, just like, she's we went over this. We were yeah. friends. Yeah. Remember? She, uh, Let's move on. I don't think she would have done well uh, if I was in policing. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. All right, so you're you're running the CrossFit, running Cosley, in the back of one of your gyms. Talk us through, you know, yeah. someone asking about. Well, I guess it starts with your firstborn. Yeah. Well, so Megan was a kindergarten PE teacher, mm -hmm. and we had Ella, mm -hmm. and when Ella was 15 months old, Megan was. Megan was like terrified that Ella was going to be like the kids she saw in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So she was seeing a lot of kids in her kindergarten and there was definitely a lot of physical deficiencies because kids just don't do stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that was most scary to her was the like social and emotional, like mm. they're anxious. They can't mm -hmm. be independent. They can't get off of their parents' leg. And she's like, we got to get her into something. And me and Lincoln had CrossFit. So a lot of my experience was, coach class mm -hmm. there's a curriculum mm -hmm. um i think her experience was you know there's a teacher there's a curriculum and so we took we took ella to a few unnamed brands um <laughs> i mean can i say them i'm not a part <laughs> i'm just kidding. little gym no, little, my gym. Uh, we, we went to we went to a Darren's few still a member of one of those yeah. no i was there for a while man yeah. until kids drawing you're a little old for that no yeah. I, man, I had a great time rolling around <laughs> on that map dancing with sashes <laughs> Darren's, Darren's on a balance beam again yeah give it give him some bubbles it's like the bubble machine you know the worker's like so which one is this kid oh no no he doesn't have <laughs> that here walking on the beam by he's, myself uh, yeah, he's so on a 30 year a membership a little bit of all that man. Uh, so we went to those places. We're not super impressed. Uh, they're older concepts. Mm -hmm. And I think we, I think the main thing was like, we want Ella to be kind of a badass, mm -hmm. like strong, confident. And just from my background, predators tend to prey on prey. So mm -hmm. you don't want like your daughter, you want like a predator to look at your daughter and be like, move along yeah she, not will, worth it. she, she will destroy she's not it. the yeah. one she's not the one right move on. mm. so we kind of went into it thinking like this thing's gonna like turn her into like a navy seal mm. and it was like bubbles and oh, parachutes. Yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely there were no dads there um, wow it was just bad and that was kind of like like the thing we want doesn't exist so we started training her at home and then you know we started working with lincoln and we, we put it like a pop-up class in kids from our pop-up class next to our CrossFit in like a warehouse space that was unused. Mm -hmm. And we started with 25, this is very entrepreneurial. Like, yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we started with 25 kids based off an email that we just cold emailed people. And there was no running water. There was no bathrooms. There was no HVAC. Mm. Um, it would not pass any inspection in any country. <laughs> I'm serious. The liability. How old are these kids? 
Oh, two. Hey, <laughs> hey, here's your marketing. Hey, bring your kid to this abandoned warehouse in the yeah, back. That's basically what it yeah. was. When you see the van with no windows, just come on inside. I mean, you park by a dumpster. Parents stay out. Parents, parents, you'd leave. You, you park by a dumpster and you walked up a service ramp. Yeah. Wow. It was back of the warehouse. So you, we didn't get the front. Again, just to orient us, what year are we this talking here now? It's got to be, Megan's going to kill me. 14, 15? Like 15, 16. Okay. Our, so we met, seven years ago. We 16, met at 16. I had just gotten done so playing. So 15, probably. We and and I remember you showed me some videos of this. Yeah. And like it was rough. They had to put you know those gymnastics mats that like fold up or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like they had to put those up around up against the walls. To keep solid bricks. bricks. So the kids would run into themselves the wall. exposed metal. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. I'm picturing dirt floors here. Oh my god! It's concrete, <laughs> concrete yeah, floor. Yeah. It's rough. So what was the what was the concept at the time? What was the curriculum? What were you trying? It was to really accomplish? just like we want Ella to be strong and confident. You know, so you can do that through exercise. There's some mental things you can do. There's a lot of social emotional. Like let's greet each other when mm-hmm. we come in. Let's you know we me and Ella had this affirmation before she went to bed. I'm strong. I'm brave. I can do this. That. We end up putting into the classes. Wow. So we'd have mm-hmm. these kids say this affirmation mm. over and over. And we went from 25 kids to probably 100 in like six to eight months of wow. just making tons of mistakes. We had no idea what we were doing. But but you would see these big transformations in these kids in like four to six weeks. You'd see mm. kids that come in that couldn't let go of their parents' legs. And then six weeks later, they would run in and like high-five a coach. Mm-hmm. They'd say, Mom, you wait over there. And these parents would be crying yeah. in the lobby yeah. because if you're, you know, we had a we had a franchisee said there's a quote you're only as happy as your least happy kid. Mm-hmm. There's oh, a lot of truth dude, to that. That's yeah. truth. So like these parents were like stressed wow. out yeah. because their kids stressed out because if your kid's not happy you're not yeah. happy. Yeah. And then when you these kids would like come alive and these parents would just be I think they just be overwhelmed. Yeah. It's like a weight, you know, because you want your kids to be successful. Yeah. And if they're struggling. It's just hard. Yep. And I think that's when we first got, like, this idea that there's something there. Because we had no marketing, tons of referrals, mm-hmm. um, and they weren't there for the space. Um, we got a pediatric OT involved really early on, so we developed this curriculum that would help kids, like, accelerate development. And it just – it was really cool. What did classes look like? Was it CrossFit-style <laughs> workouts sprinkled with leadership type? It was – if like, you think was, of, like – Character, physical, and mental is kind of like our pillars. So it's brain, physical, character. We would we would have those in equal amounts through the class. Okay. So you'd probably start with heavy social emotional mm-hmm. with greetings. Mm-hmm. Why are we here? And and greet each other. And then you get into physical. But a lot of the research at the time was showing that if kids move while they learn, they'll learn faster. Mm-hmm. So kids aren't exactly meant to sit eight hours a day and memorize stuff. No. You know. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Say that. One more time, just so the people in the back can hear you. <laughs> they Kids. are meant to move and learn at the same time. See. They're not meant to sit all day. Because yeah. if you if you guys have ever had a puppy, and you leave him in the kennel all day, yeah, and you get home, you're like, this dog is crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he is. You he is going crazy. Yeah. So what we would do is we would mix like physical activity and and brain development. So. Mm-hmm. Run down and back, what shape is this? Run down and back, uh-huh. what color is this? Yeah. Run down or do five burpees. You know, what's three plus two? And you would see these, like, you'd see these, like, connections start. So the curriculum was just built from, like, what a, like across the, those three spectrums, like, what do kids need to be able to do? Where most 
I think programs will focus on like one thing. Right. So like an academic fo- program will focus on academics. But if you ever hire a bunch of people, it's not the GPA that like gets mm-hmm. you hired. It's like, do you have a good interview? Mm-hmm. Right. Do people want to work with you? Yep. Can you solve a problem? Can you lead a team? So we would focus just as much on that. And now like a lot of research is coming out. And if you talk to people that work with kids, especially like early childhood development, the academics don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll get that stuff. But if a kid's a jerk, it doesn't matter how smart they are. Yeah, no right. one wants to There's be around them. them. Yeah, that's right. If they're uncoachable, it doesn't matter how smart they are. So if you talk to like a preschool director, she'll like our preschool director is awesome uh, in Frisco. She'll be like, we really just care about like, are they good kids? Yes. The academics will come. Yeah, that, that mm. book talks about it, the book we just went through, Coddling American Mind, how kids younger in school, it's exactly what you're yeah. talking about, like reduce the homework yeah. And yeah. make them go out and play. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, the social emotional, like there's not generations don't get a bad name because of the academics. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm. They're mm. getting a bad name because no one wants to work with them or hire them. Right. I mean, that's right. so, I, I've never yeah. thought about that. Right. Yeah, like, that's really not the baby academic. boomers, right? Yeah. Like they were, you know, the greatest generation, the work, the workers that brought us up out yeah. of world war two mm-hmm. and like all these. And then like, all we talk about about millennials and Gen Zers is they're just a-holes. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a millennial. Yeah. Barely, you're, almost, and you're almost a-hole. Got out of it. The way you said that, a-hole. A-holes. Ankles. Just say it. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Beep. But, but that's a good point. I mean, character matters. It matters. I mean, think about the business yeah. that we're There was an overcorrection, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because yes. my oh, grandparents yeah. had to worry about food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was this overcorrection of like, let's give them everything. Yeah. yeah. And that and was my generation. Yeah. yeah. That was my generation of let's give them everything. I've struggled. I've went through this. Yeah. I'm not going to allow my kids to go yeah. through that process. Yeah. That stuff then, scares the crap out yeah. of me. Yeah. I've, I've heard it described as we're, this generation's like the, the kid that, that got, let's, um, like their parents had everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, we're, that's how, that's where America is a society, spoiled right? Brats. Spoiled, the spoiled I think generation. I, did, I, I might have told you that, but there was a guy, there was a quote that said, my dad walked to work. My grandfather walked to work. My dad rode a bike to work. I have a, uh, I drove a Mercedes to work. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, it was like somebody that he was associated with said, your kid will drive a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. His kid will drive a Camry. His kid that will walk to work. Will walk to work. Right. Yeah, yes. reverse. Mm. Because they lose that, that at yeah. every generation. The third yeah. generation. That's it was like it's, it's like yeah, it's like a up down. Yeah, like yeah. there's a peak, and then you provide too much for your kids, so they don't develop an edge. Yeah. yeah so yeah. how do their we? Their kids don't develop an edge, yeah. and then you have to cycle back around. So, yeah. so where's that balance? And not to derail too much from your yeah. show, but where's the balance, right? Because you want to provide for your kids. Yeah. You want to give them a better yeah. life than you had. But you don't want to spoil them rotten either. I think parents have good intentions. But I think at the end of the day, and this is what we kind of try to do through the curriculum, when you drop your kid off for school, they need their own sword and shield. Mm-hmm. You can't fight for them right. anymore. That's really good. You know, So when they go out in the playground and somebody makes fun of them, they need to have their own mm-hmm. if they need to. They have to do that. And that's, you know, and you're talking not just the physical. You're talking about the it's mental aspect. Mental. Yeah. That's right. It's all mental. Right. Yeah. I'm it, right before Ella went into kindergarten, it was just really cool because she's been in the program forever and she's just very social. She's kind of on a different planet. She's like, 
she's, she's held them. I mean, a savage is really the only way. She's to, like, kind of a savage. Mm. She plays savage. football. She's yeah. jujitsu. Mm. How old is yeah. she now? But she's like. But yeah, like you, she's like the cutest little it's blonde like, girl. Do you want to beat uh, you up or what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, she's an animal. She's running around the oh, neighborhood with a weight vest on. And like, and it's been a while, so I can't imagine how good she is now. But I remember I saw beast. a video of her armbarring some boy and yeah. just like destroying this kid. Wow. But oh, then yeah. she'll like put her makeup. It's just it's. She's got a great. God bless her. Mix. She has of, a great balance. Yeah. But you know, like the day before kids, kindergarten is a big deal. Like yeah. to mm-hmm. go into kindergarten. And I remember we were sitting somewhere eating the day before kindergarten. And, you know, kids just, like, get these, just like, oh, kindergarten. We're talking about kindergarten tomorrow. Are you ready? Are you, like, nervous? And she just, like, stopped eating for a second. She's like, you know, not everybody in kindergarten is going to like me. But I don't care. A lot of people do like me. <laughs> and she just went back to eating. And it was just, like, it was, like, a great moment for us yes. as parents. We're like, she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. She's going to make it. Yeah. And Ella's kind of extra. Yeah. So there's some people are gonna make fun of her, and you know, I just I don't uh, want her to care. Yeah. It's not like I don't say that again. Say that you don't want her to what? I don't want her to care what people think. Yeah. I just want her to be secure and like I'm me. You know, it, it's funny. So like when they go into kindergarten, I don't know if your kids do this, but they pick houses. Did y'all do that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So like it's like if you could see like Harry Potter, the Sorting. Yeah, yeah. So in her school, they do like the sorting sure. thing where you're like green or yellow or purple, and they all have different names. So Ella's kind of extra. So she was purple. So on Fridays they can wear their colors to school. So Ella doesn't just like wear a ribbon. She's like purple shirt, purple <laughs> summer hair, purple foo foo, purple right. socks. <laughs> and I remember we dropped her off for school. And there was a girl who's probably like three or four years older for her that just, when Ella was walking, this girl just looked like she was disgusted mm. with Ella. Mm-hmm. And Ella just like bumped her and didn't even notice. <laughs> and like she going, just like man. walked through this girl. Right. <laughs> and it was just yes. like, yeah, she's going to be fine. Uh-huh. You know, I, did, I don't want her to conform. Right. I want her to be super secure and well. The statistics she are is. yeah. The yeah. statistics are scary with especially with girls right now. Preteen suicide attempt yeah. rates the highest it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, bullying online for girls is like through mm-hmm. the roof. Boys use boys use the internet differently. Mm-hmm. Girls use it for bullying, and if you look at the stats, like girls use it for bullying, boys use it for porn and right. video games. Right. Um, but like girls, like they're gonna get hit hard. Yeah. And if you do yeah. something wrong and it's recorded, it ain't like when we grew up. If you tripped in the lunchroom, like now it's like on repeat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Over if somebody catches over. that. Yeah. Right. So it's just rough. So the only the only thing you can do is like you got to get them ready to fight their own dragons, man. Yeah. You got to like make them tough and got the Rocky montage. Yeah. <laughs> Send them out because you ain't there. You're just not there with them. You're not there with them on the playground. You're not there at school and. So, so practically speaking, what kind of conversations y'all having at home with Ella? Like, uh, how are you getting this through to her? Well, a lot of uh, a lot of this training happens early. With if you can make them physically strong, they're mm-hmm. just more confident, mm-hmm. and they also just need lots of reps. So, Kid Strong starts public speaking at three. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that's early, but like our daughter Evie, she might get up in front of the class and say. I'm Evie, and my favorite ice cream is chocolate. And everyone's like, yay, Evie. <laughs> right. But it's a rep. Yeah. yeah. Right. And oh, yeah. she'll it's go through rep. it. She'll yeah. be like, you know what? Place didn't burn down. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. This is not so bad. Uh-huh. So 
Evie, when Evie hits kindergarten, she has 50 reps of being in front of the class. Uh, so when she goes to kindergarten and the teacher's like, does anybody want to come up? She's like, right. I'll go. I don't mm-hmm. care. What's yeah. going to happen? I have like so many reps. Yes. So there's just like these reps of like, order your own food. Can you ride a bike yet? Can you tie your own shoes? Can you, if adult says hi to you, mm. like these things are just all reps that add up. Like I can do life. Yeah. And if they can do life and if, especially with females, if they're strong, they're just more confident for right. sure. Like Ella can just beat people up. So she's just like, whatever. Like, I don't care what <laughs> right. you say to me. Cause I know yeah. the physical outcome. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have to, I don't have that, to be it's just a different, yeah. you know, it's just a different mentality, you know? Yeah. We're well, just more Let's, confident. Like when you were playing the NFL, if you went against a high school kid, you just, you wouldn't be like nervous. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, you're like, right. I can do this all day. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's how she is. That's how you, you want to get them that way with life, mm-hmm. whether it's school or it's the playground, class, like whatever. Is it, in speaking of kids strong, is it getting the child or is it getting the parents? It's both. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So one of, so we have like three pillars and one yeah. of them is, is, is basically like everything we do is built for parents. Mm-hmm. So like the, the clothing, the brand, the logo, the feel, the look, the music. Talk through the clothing because I thought this was interesting. Mm, like you, yeah. you mentioned at like those previous kids play places, you're like no dad's there. So well, no dad is going to wear a, a maybe if somebody does, <laughs> I apologize. But like no dad is wearing like a little gym t-shirt <laughs> to the gym. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's your that's your jersey though. That's your uniform. Well. Though. <laughs> you have to wear them to classes. He's like, my son doesn't have one. I have one. Uh, I think I, one of the things that was when I went through well, like the evolution of CrossFit, like apparel is a really big deal. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what happens is if you have if a brand does a good job, people wear the brand to like express who they are. Yes. A great example is like Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. You, if you ever talk to Harley Davidson, because we used to work with Harley a little bit. I was like, what's the customer life cycle? And it's like, well, the first thing they do is they buy a T-shirt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they want to feel what it feels like to have, like, a Harley, a Harley shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you have a Harley T-shirt on and somebody else has a Harley, what do they do? That's what right. get. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We're right. in the same group. So CrossFit got to benefit from a lot of that. Uh-huh. Because you would, if you, were a Cross, if you were crazy enough to do this, mm-hmm. you would wear the shirt, and you'd wear the same shirt over and over, yeah. and holes in it. Because you wanted somebody else to be that, like, I do that. That's mm-hmm. interesting, though, that yeah. like CrossFit would would Tribal. say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna market T-shirts. We're gonna use apparel, but we actually that was all prohibit wearing don't t-shirts. wear T-shirts. <laughs> prohibit <laughs> wearing T-shirts yeah, when you wear them. This is the first time I've seen you in a T-shirt. <laughs> See, <laughs> we met three years before I started CrossFit. Yeah, <laughs> he, had, he had pants on though. Um, it's it was a way for. It like tribal things, they yeah. wrap around language mm-hmm. and like gear. And it was just kind of cool to see that. So yeah. our CrossFit did really well with apparel because yeah. we would get really good fabrics and we always, we would design stuff that we knew people would like. Yeah. So when Kidstrong came along, none of the kid concepts really paid attention to apparel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you could create like a strong brand, then dads do want to wear it. Yeah. Right. You know, because they want to be like, I'm a Kidstrong dad, mm-hmm. I'm a Kidstrong family. And you want a brand that you want people to like, like connect over like a t-shirt yes you go like yeah. where do you go yeah. right yeah. it's like same reason that people wear like cowboy stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah i like the cowboys yeah like which is not as big here but if you go if you were in australia yep 
mm-hmm. and you saw somebody with a cowboy shirt and you had oh, a cowboy yeah. shirt, you guys are best, best friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Best that, friends. And, and I can't, like, this is an, out, an outsider, slightly on the inside, I guess. But when we go, because the kids wear the shirts to class, that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll inevitably go to the grocery store, go somewhere after the class. And my wife has yet to go to a grocery store in the area that we live that has has a gym, the town mm-hmm. south of us, and then two more immediately below it, three more immediately below it. So literally yet to go into one and not see a kid in a kid's strong, strong shirt. shirt. Mm-hmm. And again, it's an immediate connection. Like yeah. it, the parents, you're one of us. The parents yeah. can talk, yeah. and then the kids talk. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is an immediate. It's so much connection. more than apparel. Yeah, and yeah. I think good brands understand that yeah mm-hmm. crossfit did the crossfit is very grassroots but like harley's definitely like one yeah. of those brands and i think for us we look at it's kind of funny but like we look at brands like harley as great examples because that brand we talk about this with our team like if you see somebody with a harley davidson tattoo mm-hmm. like no one thinks that's weird mm-hmm. yeah but if somebody had like a Suzuki motorcycles tattoo, <laughs> you'd be like, something's off with that. Something's off with that dude. But why? <laughs> but like, if you think about it, they both, yeah. they're just both motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like why is, and pe- when I was in high school, people were getting like Nike swoosh tattoos. Mm. Yeah. But no one had like an LA gear. Right. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a Reebok Boo-boo. tattoo. <laughs> There yeah. might be some fubu. Be honest. <laughs> fubu. Be honest. <laughs> ankle. T- you got like a back little, rub. Little trap, tramp stamp fubu. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, just like you, if you really like break those brands down, the brand represents more than the product. Yeah. Because yeah. like if you see Suzuki logo, it just represents motorcycles. Yeah. Right. But if you see a Harley, it's like that's a way of life. Right. That's yeah. a tribe. Mm. Uh, so I think good brands have to study. If you want to be a strong brand, you have to study brands like Harley. Disney's a great example. Nike's a good example. Mm-hmm. Pixar's a great example. Mm-hmm. Like brands that like can pull in a large group of people and build mm-hmm. like a community or tribe around them. Yeah. All right, I want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Uh, we are really, really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, but it's just a short drive of 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. I love it. Yeah. So let's, let's talk through evolution of Kids Strong. So you're in a gym, and it was actually another name at the time. It was Skills for Kids at the time because we yeah. couldn't afford the name Kids Strong. Yeah. We always wanted that name, but yeah. we just you couldn't, couldn't afford it. it. Yeah, the domain. People squat on domains. Uh, So there was no businesses with that name, but there was a guy overseas that was squatting on it. I think like a little evil dude on a keyboard that bought up a bunch of names. (laughs) So we ended up getting it and and transitioning before we came to Dallas. Right. So So talk us through that because that was a pivotal moment in your family's life, but in, in Kid Strong, the organization's life. 
So we had a thing that was semi-working uh, at the CrossFit, and we got connected with a guy in, in North Dallas who was helping all the Orange Theories here, mm-hmm. and he was just very adamant that Kidstrong would work really well in Dallas. He's mm-hmm. like, there's so many families here. You guys got to come down. And I'd never heard of Frisco. I'd heard of Dallas, but, like, the TV show. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just – I heard of Darren. Yeah. <laughs> Big – would you go call me? What were you about to say? I said, I'm a big fan. I said, big fan. Do you have a nickname that's big something? Well. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm trying to set you up. I'm trying to set you up. Uh, that's just what I call it. So, we'll I mean, it was Zan, to his credit, he called us like every week and was like, you got to bring this thing to Dallas. Yeah. Or he would say Frisco. You got to bring Frisco. Yeah. And just eventually we came down on a visit, and there were kids everywhere, uh-huh. way more than when we were at. And, um, I mean, long story short, it's kind of a crazy story. But end up going home. Our tech company got acquired. Uh, my business partner, Lincoln, put in some seed money. Mm-hmm. We were going to start something there. And then the goal was to open one in Frisco, stay here for two months, mm-hmm. And then move back home. And then I think you were showing us the space. Yeah. The, the old CrossFit sure. space. Yeah. yeah. So in the span of 45 minutes, we went from that plan to <laughs> we're going to sign a lease. Mm. We're going to live here. Mm-hmm. We called our real estate agent, told him to put our house up for sale. We called a real estate agent here, told him to find us a rental. And within 48 hours, we had put a deposit down on a rental place here. Wow. Our house yeah. was for sale. We found a preschool. We flew home. Our house sold like nine days later. Mm. We had to, I sold my, I had an old Jeep I sold. We had a, a rental, or sorry, a lease we turned in early. We went from a three-story house to a two-story house because there's basements in right. Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, we donated all of our, half the furniture to this refugee family that come over from church. And we were here like, I don't know, 10 days. Like yeah. It was crazy. Well, it right. made no sense on paper. Uh, other mm. than kid, all the kids, what did you see that flipped your life just like that? <clears throat> and Megan was, Megan was really supportive of this. I yeah. mean, I got to give her credit. She was, she was like, we should just move. And I was probably a little more apprehensive just because it's, so, it's kind of crazy on mm-hmm. paper yeah. to move to a new city with an unproven concept. You never, right. like, move to launch something. You, right. like, launch Mm-mm. it there mm-hmm. and build it up, and then you, like, franchise it. But... It was very, it did not look right on paper. Yeah. Um, but Frisco ended up being, we, and, and also during that time, we had a, um, somebody from Frisco had gotten involved, Megan Stein, who's also yeah. a co-founder mm-hmm. of ours. Yep. She had gotten involved and she saw it when it was very, it was, the baby was really ugly when she saw it. Yeah. <laughs> did she, how did she get involved? She, she got involved through, through the, Zan through, too, through the guy that brought us down here. Because we said, we will not come unless there are local investors. Because yeah. we uh-huh. know no one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Walmart, Sam Walton used to have this thing where he wouldn't open a Walmart unless the local investors like put up half the money because mm-hmm. he wanted people with like skin in the game right. in the local. Cause right. if not, you're seen as like this outside thing right. coming in. So we met her and she was going to invest. And then we kind of talked her into doing more. And then she helped with it. She helped us like super early. She saw it when it was really, she rough. owned a couple of orange theory. She owned some oh, orange theory. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, very, very heavy operations brains. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, super smart. So it was kind of like there was some foundering team going on there. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved, it was like into her backyard. Yeah. And Frisco did really well. You were involved in Frisco. Frisco did really well. And I remember my boss at the time, it was like three or four months in. He's like, 
you got to pick. You can't do both. Mm. So I ended up quitting my job, oh, wow. <laughs> quitting like the real job right. to come wow. over full time. And there was just like the original seed money from Lincoln in there. None of this stuff made sense on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you at 30, God, how old was I? 30? No, at 40, you just don't quit your job. Right. No. To well, like go work at a. Your dad did. Your dad yeah. did, exactly. Well, he did. <laughs> wow. Here you go. Yeah. It was very risky. And we had three, three kids. Yeah. Did you know how? Did you know you were going to have insurance? Like, what are we going to do for insurance? Yeah. Like, you can't get sick. So (laughs) you're saying you? So you're saying you had like three years of income on it? You had like (laughs) three years of (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying you had like three years of income in the bank and you everything was set up perfect and then you made the decision. It was a very predictable kind of like I had a good job, but I wasn't like on fire for what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like kids strong, I was just always on fire. I'd do it for like we were doing it for free. We made no money for three years. Yeah. We just did it for free. And it was like this investment that's like an hour, two hours, Mm -hmm. three hours. And then it starts eating into like everything. And just over time, it like became, we we also like, we got some amazing people involved early. It's very easy to say like, it's a great idea, but great ideas. Like I want a car that flies. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we got some really good people involved early. Um, It was a lot of work. But it just, it started to, like, turn into something in Frisco. Right. And then we got some people interested in franchising. Then we franchised in Cincinnati. What, what, when did you feel like you were ready for that? Because there was Never. some, there was some <laughs> iterations, though, yeah. like, that you went through from first location to second location. And you, you know, worked it out. Instead of rolling out a franchise and, yeah. and trusting someone in, in upstate New York, you know, to run your brand. Like when did Franchi- you, f- yeah. Franchising is very scary. Um, I think just at some point, if you want to scale, you have mm. to build a team and you have to like develop trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can do something really cool by yourself or you can do something great. Right. With a lot of people. Yeah. So it was risky, but like our goal was also to reach as many families as we could. That's and right, we just right. weren't going to do that with Megan and Megan running Frisco mm-hmm. and me going back and forth from my other job, trying to act like I'm at work when I'm at kids. I got really big trouble over code launch. <laughs> oh, cause it was, I was still working. Oh, it's like, did you uh, win a competition? <laughs> It's like, it's probably the end. Isn't it? Yeah. It's probably well, like near the end here. <laughs> uh, reminds me. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put my two weeks now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, there was just, a, it was like a prayer back then. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of risk, but we just had some, and I think it is risky, but I think also like you, you kind of overestimate the risk sometimes. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what keeps you from doing stuff. Cause mm-hmm. at the end of the day, cause I have to, I talk to people that are thinking about doing entrepreneurship all the time. They're like, I can't do that. I can't quit my, quit my job. Like, and, I'm, and I just say like, what is the worst? Like, what is the worst mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen? Like, right. what's the worst? Yeah. Like, are you going to starve to death? Well, no. You might have to live with my parents or like, I'll, I was like, maybe if, the, if this doesn't work out, you just get another job. Right. Yeah. And you're in the same spot you were. So it felt very, very risky, but I'm sure I could have Did it? I mean, job. honestly, did it feel that risky? Because look, the feedback, I remember the first day Tyler came in and told me yeah. about Kid Strong. Yeah. And I thought, that's a hell, I mean, in three minutes, I was like, that's a hell of a concept. 
Because I was that guy that was going to the little gym and mm-hmm. dropping my son off. And it was rough. Going to the little <laughs> Starbucks down the street and say, okay, I got 30 minutes and I'll yeah. come back. You know, it was, a, it was a, a daycare for me, yeah. basically, right? So I hear it the first time. How many people, when you told them, let's be honest, the first time you told them about the concept of Kid Strong, how many of those specifically parents said, oh, it's not a good idea? You I had think, to have some confidence coming into I this. I think parents loved it. I think a lot of the, like the crab mentality mm. you're going to get is from people that are either not really shouldn't be in your circle mm. yeah, or mm. probably shouldn't be giving you advice. That's where you're going to get a lot of the, like, that doesn't, yeah. that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you do need to have friends that are honest with you. Absolutely, yeah. If you're like, I'm going to quit my job and we're going to start a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to walk you through that. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but we had a lot of really smart people involved. And it was like, in, in Lincoln especially, is like, here's the risk. Mm-hmm. But here's the money. This is how much we have. And these things have to happen or this thing yeah, is I, not going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But if it doesn't work, then we'll have to figure something else out. And right. there has to. There's just a little bit of a leap that has to happen, mm-hmm. you know. But I parents parents got it. They did, yes. Yeah. But absolutely. business guys, not as much. Mm-hmm. So you. you you're always going to go against the current. Anytime you start something, you're automatically going against the current because mm-hmm. the current is just get a job. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically going across that. So you're not going to have a lot of. I remember me and Megan, we would do like small groups at church. Mm-hmm. We always struggled with small groups because they were always filled with people that work 40 hours a week mm-hmm. and were just waiting for retirement. And they just wanted to watch like sports on the weekends. Right. And you know, if somebody's like, I hate my job. I'm like, sweet, you should quit and like start a business. And they're like, you are in the wrong group. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like it just, we just de- never connected with that. Right. You know? Right. So you're not going to, you have to, I think you got to get a really strong circle around you. Sure. So like Lincoln was a really good one for me. Cause he sure. had been in business for a long time. Um, my wife had no business experience. I was very entrepreneurial, but like it had just, I, I'd had a few startups, but nothing like that could scale to right. this, I think. Yeah. A question yeah. we get a lot is people, you know, that talk about passion a lot more, you know, and mm-hmm. chasing what you're passionate about. <clears throat> and so a question we get a lot is how do you know when to make that transition from what you're doing that you don't really love yeah. into something that you love more? Passion so is dangerous too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So talk through that element for you. Cause you said you were in a job that you didn't really burn for. Yeah, but this this kid strong thing is something. So how did you balance those two during that time? I think the thing that helped us is we did it for free till it was something. Mm-hmm. And a lot, sometimes young whippersnappers <laughs> will be like, "I want to quit my job and start this business." Well, why don't you just like test it? Yeah, mm-hmm. like what's the minimum viable test for it? Like instead of quitting and selling ten things, like could you sell one thing to one person? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can take. Wow. I think Gary Vee talks a lot about this too. Like if you do eight hours at work. There's still a lot of hours in there mm-hmm. where you could like spend something up. And if you take two hours a day for like six months, you can kind of get a company off the ground or at mm-hmm. least test it and get data. And then it's more, it's not as risky. You're just, it's a calculated risk. Yeah. Right? I think it, strategic risk is way better. I've heard it like described as like, if you've got a rectangle on its side, right. And you start at the top left corner and you draw a diagonal line down to the other corner, your current job 
that that triangle that's there represents the amount of time as you go on oh, a yeah. linear path, right? The amount of time you spend in your current job versus your, your start versus your, your startup, right? Yeah. And as the time grows, mm. your current job shrinks yeah. and your startup continues to grow. And so until Company so you gets sold quit. and you win code launch, and then you're at yeah. the bottom of the, <laughs> the bottom of the triangle. <laughs> you go to Kidstrom. Yes, and I think you can also set up like milestones. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. When your side gig makes a thousand dollars a month, then you spend two more hours on it. Then, it, and then at some point, there is this like, I gotta like leap. Right. There is like this yeah. uncertainty <laughs> of I'm leaving this thing that's for sure with this thing where I'm in control of it. But I think. If you're built that way, you can't, it's hard to like do anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's like the thing that like puts you on fire. And if you're not doing that, you feel like you're just not doing what you should. Yeah. Be doing. yeah. And I've always had this yeah. argument of, I, I still am, I still a firm believer that you're kind of built this way. Like you kind of, I think of you. You are it needs to be water. It needs to be like fed. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You got to have a mentor, like some people around you. Yeah. But you're you're off. Yeah, you're not saying you're weird. Yep. Yeah. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. I had like quotes in my locker mm-hmm. because like there's where I there was nobody mentoring us. You mm. know, it was it was a wild west when I grew up. But I always like thought there could be something bigger, or, like I could mm-hmm. do something big with my life. So I'd have these like quotes up in my locker from like just great people, mm-hmm. and everyone thought it was crazy. Yep. And you just built like you just. You just you kind of like play like everyone else, yeah. But you're not really. You just think about different stuff. You're worried about different stuff. Yeah. And if you can get, if entrepreneurial is that thing, if you can get around people, and I was lucky with like Lincoln, um, and you know my spouse is very supportive too. But if you can get like the right environment, that thing can grow. Right. If you get in the wrong environment, they will kill that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you will just be unhappy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. That's the toiling around at the job forever. Yeah, you know, just, you know, having when we met immediately. Yeah, I thought for sure you were different. You were weird. Um, no super strange, <laughs> super strange, fit, like, so fit, so fit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, there's no doubt, right? Like there's there's something di- there was something different about him because he did come in with the passion that you were talking about. Right. Like there was no doubt he was on fire for this. Um and I think it was obviously stoked by what he what he was doing with his own daughter, right? And he saw the results and then ultimately then saw it with the kids in the gym. It didn't there, start with a business plan. No. It, it literally, yeah. right? As you described, it's like, I did this for my daughter. We did it for Ella. You yeah. saw a problem and you attacked that you problem. You just build yeah. and then you get heat. You got to build a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which put a fork in, in that idea about what you did for your daughter because I want to come back to that from a parenting perspective. But... Um, but he was, but then there was a plan like you talked about. So, so our, you sat in our living room with Zan. I remember mm-hmm. it was like 2016 before you'd moved. And Zan was like, literally like rallying the team to like mm. sell Frisco. Like he was like, yeah, he, he up round everybody up. Oh yeah. yeah. And mm. so, and so I just remember though, but like there was, there was plans, right. And there was execution and there was strategy and there was things there. So yeah, you can go into something with passion, but you know, and that was not my strength back then. It was like, we can go to the moon. Let's do that today. Right. Right. (laughs) We don't have a ship. We'll build it on the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have to like balance that out. Yeah. And there has to be enough of a, 
There, you have to have a low enough ego to be like, you got to have some re- like some real stuff. Yeah, like but some there real was some of that mixed into Kickstarter because we had you, you had mix. to start. Like you had, had to a good start mix. it. Yeah. And you had to take the risk and figure it out, right? Like you literally from location one to two, they doubled the size of the facility because they're like, it's not as profitable as it could yeah. be because mm-hmm. we just can't get as many kids. Right. Like you learn those things. Yeah. But had you not, had you started bigger, you wouldn't have really figured that out. You wouldn't mm-hmm. have known. That was kind of one of the things that, and so, but it's the lightest investment. Yes. What's the lightest mm-hmm. amount of time to test yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, how can we find a building in Frisco that's yeah. literally half the price of every other building in Frisco? Had <laughs> <laughs> you all a great, real, great real estate I'll, agent. I'll be like, I don't know what you guys want me to find. Like, yeah. I, I don't know anywhere. All we said was <laughs> 6,000 feet for free. Is for this, <laughs> what's is this the problem? One on, is this one on Main Street? That's yeah. Yeah, first the rail yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's, uh, <laughs> I can remember the first time we went. We had a, your birth, was it a birthday yeah, party? Yeah, it was Lucas' birthday party. Appreciate the invite, bro. And he had, yeah, Tyler we, had talked about Kid yeah, Strong, and he had me sold on Kid Strong, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So we go to the the birthday you're party. Walking in a cowboy fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we walk in to this Kid Strong in Frisco, and I'm like, "This is it." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was this small. Is, man. Like this is yeah. they're moving things around <laughs> and trying to create. But what's some crazy room. though, right? Is is we've done birthday parties at the the my gyms, yeah. the little gyms, all that, right? But Kid Strong. Gets kids stoked so, about it. Oh. Every single kid that has ever been is like, that's the best. I that's want my right. birthday party there. That's right. And you literally convince these kids to go exercise for an yes. hour. I'll, you I'll, mix yeah. the and they're in. all in. Yes, all, all in. in. I'll personally attest my four-year-old, or he's five now. He had his five-year-old birthday party at the Prosper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kids strong. None of, his, none of the kids that were there had ever been to Kids strong before. That's cool. Every single parent after was asking, you know, what is this? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. they were just blown away because you had great instructors there. It wasn't great your coaches. typical yeah. experience. But talking yeah. to us, talk to us today. Like, where, where are, where are you today as far as kids strong? Because there's so many things that come along with just not just the product. There's a lot more product to what you're doing nowadays. It's very yeah. There's a lot of layers. Yeah, um, we have. 40 open mm-hmm. uh we should open we're trying to open 60 more this year 150 ish next year and try to keep mm. that kind of moving but it's just at every i would say at every and we have this thing internally every six months it's a different company mm-hmm. so every mm-hmm. six months if you have the same job you got a promotion because you're just managing so much more. right right so everyone has to continually Move up, yeah. level up. Yep. Um, we're getting ready to start selling at-home equipment mm-hmm. to kids, like yep. a direct-to-consumer. And then we have a tech piece where we'll talk to parents directly, even if they're not a member. Via an them. app. Yeah. 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 Like parent coaching, stuff they can do for their kids, how to get my kids this first pull-up, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lots, of, lots of cool stuff going on, but it's very busy. And that's the, the technology piece of it is, is really, really cool because – like you said, there's only 40 right now in the U.S., mm-hmm. so not everybody has access to this. If there was a thousand, you would hit five percent of the market. See, that's unbelievable. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's just so crazy. many people that don't live near one. Yeah, or priced out, or you just the 95 percent of the market is not brick and mortar. And here's mm-hmm. what I'll say: is every single parent needs this. Every single yeah. kid 
needs this. And I'm not saying this because like this is close to me and my family. It is close to my, me and my family mm -hmm. because the impact that it's made on my kids mm -hmm. and on us as parents. I mean, there's it so many things. It makes me a better dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's, mm -hmm. I, I want to kind of go to that. Let's go to the, the parenting. You've been around kids now for almost exclusively for six years. Yep. So as you're, as you're working with kids and kids are, are, um, growing and transitioning from one phase to another and, and you, y'all are helping facilitate that. What are you seeing with kids? And then what are you seeing with parents? Because I think it's, it's great that the parents are in there, right? Well, but, half the curriculum is for the parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we develop a month of curriculum, 50% of it's parent coaching. Mm -hmm. Cause if you just coach the kids, you don't you don't really win the war unless the parents buy, buy in. in. Yeah. 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 You have mm -hmm. to get them to buy in. Um, we just, you really have to develop this mentality of like, you have to help your kids fight their own battles, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents want to, I mean, it's just natural too. Like if your kid's struggling, you want to like save them. Mm -hmm. But if you think about ch child development, it's kind of like white blood cells. Like if you don't ever use them, they're weak. Mm -hmm. So you have to expose kids. Like if you, if you have a kid that lives in a bubble and then they go to kindergarten, they might die. Yeah. Right from mm. like dust <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> somebody sneezes they're gone right right so they need to get sick mm -hmm. you know like yeah. calluses on your hands like mm -hmm. you want your kids to develop calluses and a lot of parents they just love their kids and they don't want to see them suffer but it's not suffering it's like training mm -hmm. yeah it's just training for life and i think we can sometimes i think we can help them know when to like step back you know, because mm -hmm. you just, especially like moms, it's like, got to, can't mm. let them struggle. Like, got to yeah. save them. And, you know, you need a coach to be like, it's okay. It's okay for them to struggle. Right. They need to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Give us a story that you've seen a kid that just, <laughs> and mom or dad just lit up after seeing. I would success. say like a good one for me. One of the, one of the early ones I thought we really had something. Um, we were in Kentucky. We had a kid that had a, like a really weird, like inner ear issue. And so he had terrible balance. Mm -hmm. This kid's probably seven. Because, you know, if your ears are, like, mm. if your inner ear is yeah. messed up, you can't right. balance. <clears throat> so he struggled, like, socially. Um, and his dad put him in T-ball. And if you can't run in a straight oh, yeah. line and yeah. you can't hit and you can't throw, you can imagine what yeah. T-ball yeah. was like. It was miserable. Yeah. And I'm sure the seven-year-old mm. boys weren't like, Leave him alone. He's got oh, an yeah. inner ear. Like they were rough. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. They yeah. on his ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So he comes in very timid. Dad's, you know, just trying to do the best he can. And the first class he had, he was he was pretty rough. Mm. Like just couldn't move really like, you know, like right left. He right. just couldn't move really well. And after probably like six to eight weeks, like this kid started to like move better. Mm -hmm. And you could see like his attitude starting to change a little mm. bit. And we have this thing, back then we had this test for balance where you had to walk across the balance beam backwards. Mm -hmm. And with Kitchong, you either do it or you don't. Like, it doesn't matter if you have this, like, yeah. it's life. Yeah. You know, we'll figure it out, but, like, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, you're not getting a trophy. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. So the whole class does it. Everybody's cheering. Like, and then he does it, and he falls, he does it, he falls, he does it, he falls. And he's just really struggling with it because, like, he just struggles with balance. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard for him. And I remember, like, we stayed after class, and we, like, a bunch of tries. But he never really got it. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like, maybe you can work on it. We'll come back and try it next week. 
his dad called my mom, or sorry, his dad called Megan that night and said, what are the dimensions of the balance beam? My, my dad, his grandfather is going to build him a balance beam mm. to practice at home. And we, I was like, two by, it's a two by four from Lowe's, spray painted gray. <laughs> this is really a good design. We didn't get this thing at like uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Right. <laughs> this was not like uh, legal equipment back then. Um, Quote unquote legal. Yeah. I think we hit the screw heads. <laughs> Just pounded them in. So he tells him this. His grandfather builds one he practiced on it all week and the next week he runs in he's like hey i want to try the test and so we set it up and the first time he makes it across no. and you would have thought this kid won like a gold medal at the mm. and his dad was like just yeah. overwhelmed mm. Mm. i was like okay we got something yeah and it was like yeah. one of those times where like but that dad didn't know what to do mm -hmm. so he put him in t-ball and that kid would have crashed yeah, and burned, burned yeah. in sports because yeah. he just didn't have a foundation. Yeah, and, and that's you the key. You got to oh, have a foundation. Yes, you know. And then like those things take care of themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. that kid might not ever play baseball, but who cares yeah. if you give if he can physically move well and he's confident, he will at least enjoy physical activity. And mm -hmm. maybe he does find a sport. Yeah, but without. I'm not saying like without Kitchron, but like if T-ball would have been his only interaction with physical activity or team sports, right. that kid's playing video games till he dies. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He'll never do that stuff. Yeah. Why uh. would you? It's miserable. <sighs> and it's story. crazy. That's one story. And like, I'm not exaggerating. Like I have heard dozens, just in this area, uh. dozens and dozens. It's just never the here. physical stuff either. No, and it's all confidence. It it's is all confidence. All, it is all the kids like, like there's parents, there's, there's a story uh, of a little girl that really just like had a ton of, of just confidence issues. Like wouldn't look anybody in the eye, mm. struggled around socially with their friends. I mean, it was, it was, a, really, it was a really hard situation. Six weeks, eight weeks going to Kids Strong. And again, it took some time. It took mm -hmm. some building up. And the coaches do a phenomenal job of encouraging but then also holding accountable too. Like mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I think as parents we struggle with is like, well, if you fail, it's okay. I'll just do it for you. Mm -hmm. you know, or like, we quit. Or we quit. A or lot of move parents on to the will next quit. Thing. Yeah. And so, and so this girl and she wouldn't, it was almost, I think it's like she would, she wouldn't even talk. She was inaudible. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then gets up six, eight weeks later, has the confidence, gets up and actually speaks in front. And like same mm -hmm. deal, parents His, her falling. Parents mm -hmm. is like falling. Mm, and yeah. th I mean, these stories happen over and over and over and it's over. It's never again. the physical stuff. No. no. The, none of the testimonials are about the physical stuff's cool, but it's always about confidence. Yeah. Confidence is the, like the end goal. Yes. Right. The physical stuff's just how you get there. What, what I love about this is the, the problem of, you know, suicide and, and depression and lack of confidence. It's such a massive problem. 80% mm -hmm. of kids right now are treated with depression. For depression, 70 is 78%. Right. And so you look at that and you're like, what, what can we do? We're paralyzed by that. Yeah. What do we even do? But what y'all are, you're actually taking action on this. Yeah. And that's what I love about Kids Strong is that you are doing your part to help this next generation. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. is so, I mean, we all need to rally around that. And, and as parents, right, it's not address it at 15 when they're going through that's it. That's right. Right. No. It starts, oh, no. it starts at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that when we first got into it, but like. That's two, one of the two to eight, really like two to six is like ninety percent of brain development. Yeah, mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. So like, there's just this key window, and 
another one of the like our franchise one of our franchisees had a quote. I think it, I forget where he was from, but, he's, but he, he said, where I'm from, there's a quote, if you show me a boy at seven, I show you the man. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. I yeah. was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's you know? something. So there's a lot of formation that happens yeah. there. And it's not that you can't undo it. It's just those, there's a lot of groundwork done in the brain, mm-hmm. personality that's formed you know, during that. I want to take a quick break and thank our partners, Sleep Number, and highlight a couple of things they're doing. Guys, these Sleep Number beds are unreal. The technology that they've created, the feedback that it gives you on your sleep. I've got the app opened up right here. They tell you things like your heart rate, your heart rate variability, your breathing rate, all these type uh, metrics and feedback to give you so that you can improve your quality of sleep. They're all over the place. You can go and check yourself out at Sleep Number store wherever you live. Go to sleepnumber.com as well. They've got great resources on there. We just talked about this not too long ago. They have a whole blog section, all these articles, things that you can improve your health. Sleep Number is definitely changing the game when it comes to bedding. So get yourself to Sleep Number. Get yourself to sleepnumber.com and check them out. Now back to the episode. How much of it has to do with the parents? I know you said 50% is the parent, but I'm talking about at their actions half. at home. Like what the parents embody this physical yeah. activity and this confidence. How important is that at home? Parents parents can be the biggest ally or the biggest kind of hindrance to a child's progress. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about Kid Strong is we just the name itself, you tend to attract like the right type of parents yeah. mm-hmm. for us. Uh, right. But if it was called like Kitty Dance Mountain, <laughs> you'd probably be attracting <laughs> the wrong type yeah. of parents. Right. Sure. So sometimes sure. like if you're strategic with the name, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like CrossFit, no one ever's like, We're gonna go there and dance. Right. You know, it's like, no, those people are kind of crazy. Yeah. They're gonna be yeah. jumping on stuff and warehouses, like yeah. So the name Kid Strong itself helps Good us point. like shrink the funnel down right. a little bit. Yeah. Now you still get some. Um, but the goal is kids that are strong. Mm-hmm. So if that's not your thing, then we're not for you. That's a good point. Kind yeah. of thing. So tell, it's, tell, it's a lot of the, it's parents are yeah. heavy. So tell us about the ages, starting ages. And then we go to yeah. walking to 11. Right. And then the, the first kind of section of training is called kids strong prep. Mm-hmm. And it's just very foundational. Like it's certain like two, three, like what are the things they need to be doing? It's so, a parent based class mm-hmm. to clarify if your kid can walk. They should there's be a there. spot. There's a spot yeah. for them. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe you can drag them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I've got a two. I've got yeah. a two year old. I'm saying it's two too young. that make it really easy. <laughs> roll, roll them. Roll them. Yeah. Well, I'll give you, I mean, our son's 18 months. His first class was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and his second class was awesome. I'm just yeah. thinking about my two year old. There's no way he would listen. But yeah. maybe after one you twist, just, it, twins, it's just introducing structure. Like twins the, did it 18. You months. don't want them in mm. there like. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like they, that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we struggle with the most is when parents hit difficulty with kids, they, their default is to quit. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not for us. Yeah. And you have to, you have to really like change the mindset. Like the first time your child tried to walk and they fail, right. You'd be like, walking's not for us. <laughs> right. We're done. Yeah. yeah. Their mindset for that is like, no, we're going to do it until you walk. Right. Yeah. So you have to start to like shift parents to like, they need to do this until they're good at it. Right. It's not like there's no there's no plan B. Yeah. Right. It is for us. But it's the educational factor as well. And I remember the first time going in and 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 with being with you and bringing my little guy up and you were t- he was hanging on the bar. Oh yeah. And he didn't hook his thumb. The C grip. The C grip. Yeah. Exactly. And it was like the smallest little thing. It's all that little stuff, man. Yeah. But that's apparent. So that my kids don't even know what C grip is. 
They just do it automatically. Well, they but they taught us mm. as parents what the secret was. So now my kids do it because they, the first person they got to teach is me. Right. Because then it's important, and then when they're at home and they're hanging on something, I'm like, no, 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 get your thumb around. Because mm-hmm. C grip is developing like this this muscle over the span here. For so if you're good, so if a kid holds like this on a bar, grip, right? They don't develop that. Mm. So when they go to write, they don't have good mm. pinching, uh-huh. or they go to cut. So like these are all like kindergarten skills. Because mm-hmm. if kids holding the crayon like this, yeah. they, it's probably because they haven't developed C grip. So these are things like pediatric OTs will say like they need to have strong C grip so they. Can, so you have to teach the parents that. Right. So when you're in there, we're like, no, 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 get his thumb around because you'll develop this because for handwriting. And then now you're probably like, get, get your oh, thumb, around. thumb around. Yeah, so, he's doing yeah. it automatically. And now they'll do it automatically. That's right. Who on your team is staying up with the studies and the research? Like, do you have, are you consulting oh, is experts? Part. Is that no. you? We have a programming team of child developmental experts, the pediatric OT, PT. Uh, we have a doctor of uh, uh, physical education. Um, we have a, a guy that consults us that went to Harvard. We have an author of a book that consults us. So like the curriculum is built. If you take, if you take like six or seven domains of child development and you pull the most important things out of each one and you build a curriculum out of that, that's what the curriculum is. Mm-hmm. And we're also collecting like uh, assessment data on the kids as they come in. So we just got approached by Andrews, and children's health to start doing some research on the kids and the mm-hmm. curriculum just because we have so much data yeah. and because the curriculum is based on science. Wow. So you can see like progress. And this is where it's like so different than like playing with kids. It's like you bring a kid in, you do a baseline assessment. What are they good at? What are the things they need to work on? And then you help them work on those things and you can literally see progress over time. Mm-hmm. So it's just very science-based training and yeah. we're collecting the data so them. the kids, their first time, they're not just thrown in a class. You're doing assessments. They for do them? an assessment before the parents do an assessment at home, mm-hmm. and when they're in class, the coach sees that assessment and they'll coach those kids gotcha. based specifically on based off of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because right. if little Johnny's really athletic, but he's low social emotional, we're not going to get him to do more push-ups. Right. Mm-hmm. He's already good at that. Mm-hmm. So the coaches can kind of adjust training based on what. It, so like that girl that was basically inaudible. It's like there's a lot of social emotional work to be done there. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where that coach is going to focus most of the time versus like other things. Because yeah. that's the thing that would be like holding that child. And, right? and is there a specific class geared or with all kids that are need that more of that? Or no, all are, kids need something. Yeah. So if yes. you have, but if you have 15 kids, it's just like if you ever go to kindergarten teacher, she knows everything about every kid. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the troublemaker. <laughs> She's the smart one. <laughs> right. right. So once you start to develop that relationship, so you have data on the front end and you have a coach that sees those kids all the time, they will be able to coach those kids gotcha. based on the needs, but it's still one class. Okay. So they're mixed yeah. in with everybody with different the skills. The big yeah. difference is, is that the coach knows, like, where those kids need help. Gotcha. Versus if you go play, like, t-ball, yeah, it's just – Everybody does the same thing. Yeah. Mm. And you might not know who's deficient in something, who's good at something. Right. But ours is just a little more science-based, and it just gives coaches the tools, yeah. you know, to coach well. Man. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of plug and how people can find Kids Strong if they do have something in the area that they can, they can test. Obviously, if you're in Dallas, you know, you've got Frisco, you've got McKinney, you've got Plano, you've got Mansfield. Prosper. Prosper. You've got Prosper. 
uh, adding flower mound. You've got grapevine. Saxies. Um, Saxies. Uh, so Coming up. You've got, yeah, so you've got, if you're in the Metroplex, you're, you're likely within a 25, 30-minute yeah. drive. Um, and so, Which sounds very worth it, by the way. Yes, <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and again, I can't, I can't overestimate enough. I can't talk about it, how important this is as a parent, because parents watching this, there's things that we take and impl- have now implemented into our everyday parenting that I learned mm-hmm. from Matt and mm-hmm. KidStrong. Like the kids ordering their own meal. Yeah. Like, That's something small. But so, so, it's, super it's small. Really big mm-hmm. in child development. No, exactly. And then again, the shaking hands, like this is one of the things that like very beginning, this has been in the part of the program from the very beginning is actual greetings. Nothing drives me crazier than a kid that like won't look you in the eye and Mm -hmm. say hello and shake your hand. That's one of the first things that they, that they implemented in this program. But these are things that we learned. So parents, please just do a little research, dig into it. If you don't have something in the area, talk to them on how they can reach y'all. Kidstrong.com. Yep. Very easy. All the stuff's there. Yep. Yep. So, so when's the app coming out? Uh, first version of the parent app is out now and prosper. And then the, if you think about like a global app later this year. So okay. if you don't have an actual gym close to you, you can do the app training at home. Yeah. Training uh, center, you will be able to later this year. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You don't call a CrossFit gym a gym. It's a box. That's a box. It's yeah. a box. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't call my biceps biceps. I call them pythons. <laughs> Gun show. <laughs> awesome. So, kidstrong.com. And then, as Matt mentioned, they're going to start selling some in-home equipment. So, you mm-hmm. can start doing mm-hmm. these That's in-home. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And here's what I got to say is home in Frisco and in Lexington, mm-hmm. it was literally like they took one of their dining rooms and family <laughs> rooms, and it was a kidstrong inside of it. You, in your we last did. house, you... Did a bunch of filming and stuff inside your house, uh, right? The one in Frisco, especially during COVID. Or the we, rental. Sorry, it was the rental house that you had, the the floors and, and all. You were well, doing our, a lot our, of our house that we're just moving out of now, we converted the dining room into yes. basically a kitchen. Mm. Yes. So it had rock walls, <laughs> yeah. trapeze bars, yeah. oh, that's awesome. monkey, yeah. monkey bars. It's not normal. Uh. <laughs> but they <laughs> just, okay. they're on it all the time. Yeah. And they just develop different skills. Yeah. Man. So... Kidstrong.com, the, all those resources will be out. Um, I, I do want to summarize and highlight just a couple things, and, and maybe you guys uh, pipe in after this. Um, parents, your kids are watching you. Matt had a father that left a safe job in his 30s to go pursue something that was risky, was scary, um, economically maybe didn't make sense, but it was important to him. Um, because Matt saw that and guess what? Matt survived and he may not have lived a life of luxury, no. but he survived. And what his dad, and I think his parents were, were always like, oh, I want to give my kids a better life than, than me. Well, the time of their life that they spend with you is 18 to 20 max. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me you want them to have a good 18 to 20 years and then a crappy 40 years after that Mm. because they haven't developed the skills? Mm. What are we showing our kids? So Matt survived that. And because he saw that, now Matt was able to take that same risk, leave a safe, well, not (laughs) not safe (laughs) by any means. Safer. Stable. Stable job. Mm -hmm. A uh, uh, respected job. And then go create something now that I believe is really gonna is gonna help shape 
the future generations mm. of kids. Because again, this is, we talked about it and I, I teased it when we came in that it was, you know, hey, the importance of physical activity for kids. Like, I hope you heard that and the importance of it in childhood development, mm. but it's more than that. It's about, it's about the character. It's about confidence. It's about, it's about the physical strength. It's about the mental strength. It's, it's about connected. the collaboration. Yeah. It's all about teamwork, problem solving, all these mm. things that Kids Strong is teaching that is what our younger generation needs. And we, in the book that we did a few weeks back, Coddling the American Mind, we identified a lot of those problems that we ha that were having with kids and the, the trajectory that it's going. And like I said at the very beginning, what Matt and his family and team are doing is taking that head on and combating mm -hmm. it. Yep. And then again, I just want to commend you as a dad. How many of us as dads said, I'm going to go create something for my kid. Like whether it's something as small as like you just continuing to do the kid strong type of curriculum just with your daughter, but that it was because he wanted to serve his daughter and prepare his daughter for life that that's the genesis of kid strong. How many of us can say that we did that because of our kids? It's about, nah, I, I want to have a good life. I want to drive a nice car. I want to have a good house. I want to make, you know, want people to want what I have. I mean, that's what we as parents are chasing. So again, I said this when we did the book, it's not a kid problem. It's a parent problem yeah. that we're, that we are looking at right now. A lot of our decisions are, are based on preventing regret mm. more than anything. Yeah. If you look, if you study like hospice patients, it's never usually about money. Yeah. It's about like, I wish I'd done more stuff with my kids or I wish I'd done yeah. career that I was scared to go do. So a lot of it's, you know, preventing that. Yeah. yeah. Just strategically. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? If you if you go and you avoid the regret and you are, you know, passionately pursuing these things, and I say passionately loosely because like Matt said, it's it can be dangerous. It can be um it can be a mirage sometimes, but if you are pursuing it with everything that you have, guess what? The, the byproduct of that is opportunity, success, right? And so, again... You put yourself in position for it, for yeah, sure. At least, yes. Not yeah. saying it's, it's a guarantee. The way, though I read a book, and the way you described it was, success is a bus that pulls up every now and then. Uh -huh. and if you've done the work, you have a ticket. Yeah. And the door opens, and it's your choice whether or not to get on, mm -hmm. and it might not come back, or it might... But Same. if you've done the work, then you can get on which other people might say is luck. Yeah. Right. But you just, you've put yourself in the right position. That's good. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. Let's end it on that one. Yeah. Love it. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. yeah appreciate awesome. you guys having me. Yeah, it was, awesome. it's been so great. Good. It's been great, so man. Good. Um, and look, I'll say the last thing. I, I just want to drop this in there. You know, we always talk, everyone always asks us as we're former athletes, hey, what do I do with my son? He's four years old. He's mm -hmm. T-ball, basketball, football. Look, you need a foundation. Yep. Give your babies a foundation, mm -hmm. and the foundation starts at Kid Strong, both physically and mentally, especially mentally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just – Sports will come. It, sports yeah. will come, but yeah. give them a chance. Give them a ch an early chance at, at life and, and, and to be physically and mentally strong. So we appreciate you, Matt. Oh, Thanks for being strong, yeah. brother. Thanks, Thank man. You.